0: risk I wouldn't advise it oh uh, hello everyone I'm not sure we're going to have an episode for you today actually uh, the randomizers on the blink again H- here I'll show you uh, when you press the big red button instead of an episode selection we're getting <laughs> see so I've brought the machine to Moonbase Alpha for a checkup with two of the finest scientific minds in the Jerry Anderson universe. I think I may have found our problem. Yeah, let's have a look at that. Uh-oh. I've never seen anything like it. It's something I haven't come across before. Yes, I think I can explain. Uh, that's a USB hard drive I plugged into the randomizer. I wanted to see if she could play music too. That's it. When it got in here, it somehow gave the command. Eradicate. Oh, don't tell me I've lost all the episodes. No, 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 of course not. We could always reinstall its memory core. Oh, well, please do. Um, you might also want to remove the video game emulators I try to install on it too. I have. Thank you. I'm sorry, I didn't think there'd be a problem with downloading things to the randomizer, so long as it still functions. It's not gonna be functioning at all before long. You have to hand it over Okay, okay, I promise, no more modifications to the randomizer. Right, let's see what we have today. Hmm. Well, it's an episode from a puppet series we've not seen for a while, and... I tell you what, Victor, since you're so keen to show everyone how clever you are, how about you tell everyone what we're watching today? You say the name of the show and the episode. Ha! Bet you can't do that! Here it is. Good luck. Terror. Hawks. Time Warp. How does he do that? Very clever, these earthlings. Terrorhawks, stay on this channel. This is an emergency. So, at last, we're back with Terrorhawks. This is our only, uh, only our second go with Terrorhawks on the randomizer after uh, two for the price of one, back in pod, or oh, I don't know, I want to say 15, 13, 14-ish. Uh, again, this is uh, an episode from series Two of Terrorhawks um, which I think I generally prefer to, to series one um, I just really love Itstar uh, I, I love the relationship between him and, and Youngstar and by this point in the series Itstar was full full evil genius and Youngstar was his sort of hapless henchman um, quite an interesting episode, quite a notable episode so I'm looking forward to going through this today Two Zeefs closing fast Oh, for a moment you had me worried. Space Sergeant! Well, straight away we're into a... Uh, into a slightly dangerous situation and we already know that things are are a bit off because Hero and 101 are completely oblivious to the fact that we have two Zeef's flying straight at Space Orb. Help me with these plants. We must get them to safety. I don't know how... Uh, how quickly I can spoil the fact that this uh, devastating attack on Spacehawk, which has just claimed the life nearly... yep, there he goes, of Lieutenant Hero. He's just been crushed by his plants. 101 comes to the rescue and is also taken out. Yeah, um, I, I think it's probably safe to say at this point that they are not really dead. Um... Much the same as with Day in the Life of a Space General. Things are getting trashed, but all is not as it seems. Oh. Some lovely damage to Space Hawk, though. I'm not, I'm not too keen actually on, um, and I think it's unique to, to Terrorhawks where they would just, instead of actually detonating an explosion on the model, they would just like overlay a transparent explosion. Um, it's an interesting effect that sometimes works but never quite comes off. But if it saved money and enabled them to do other things, then that's fine. Hey, take it easy, Mary. Let yeah, come on, Mary, I like that song. Spacehawk has been destroyed. I radioed at 1090. I couldn't get through. You know what this means. For space sake, Kate, try Hashtag avenge try. the fallen. So now the White House is getting getting blown up. And again, this is... Uh, Take cover! As with then Life of a Space General, I'm wondering if this was shot as one of the final episodes so that they could trash the White House model and the, the living room set for real. And Kate... Kate's just, she's alright, but... Uh, My piano! Look what they've done to it! Yeah, the cost, Where's the cost Tiger? has been all too high for Kate. I don't know. And I love, uh, as well, with this opening is that all the characters except for Mary are completely oblivious to what's going on. They're far too preoccupied with things like the piano or, or Hero's Plants, which is sort of borderline in character. Oh, that's Tiger's desk. Yeah, that's... That's real fire on the set here of the the living room in in the White House. I have to believe that this is the real set being trashed, which makes me wonder if, if you know, when when did they know that they wouldn't need this set again, or were they prepared even to to rebuild it if they had to? Tiger. I've, I've always found that quite odd. With it's um, a disaster. With shows where they had to make a huge change to a regular set for one episode only, and then the next week they put it all back to normal again. Cake's dead. I'll take it up myself. And an unusually somber opening to this episode, actually, for a series that people would say is is very silly. Oh, is that the White House model gone? Oh, if not completely gone, that's very badly singed. And now the little um underground lounge is falling apart mustn't let it happen. Very, very grim beginning. Oh, another hit on the White House. And now the hawk, um, no, Battlehawk Bay. <laughs> is being trashed, that's wreckage falling on Battlehawk. Oh, they've not just trashed, they're trashing everything this week. Tiger! I kind of like that the puppeteer is just having Tiger sort of quiver with terror in the cockpit of uh, Hawkwing as he smashes into the wall. But unfortunately... Mary. Everything's alright. Why did I say unfortunately? I mean fortunately. I don't want any of these characters dead. I love these characters. Love this show. But everything is alright now. Even the piano is back to normal. Feeling better? Yes. And it's strange that we have a dream sequence in an episode. Um... A fairly prolonged dream sequence that isn't like the entire episode. And Mary seems genuinely like affected by this. She's she's looking out the window, making sure everything's okay. Well, we must try again. And here in Zelda's complex, we have uh, Lord Tempo. I think this is his third and final ep- uh, final appearance in the TV series. He's a very visually, he's a very interesting character. Because he he looks like a gangster, but he looks so old and withered and emaciated, and yet he's got the voice of Bela Lugosi, and he's also a Time Lord. It's like, okay, as with all things in Terrorhawks, it's like, we'll pick from multiple sources and we'll cram it all together and create something, uh, something bonkers. Although... Your tempo comes off as um, being being somewhat sinister in the fact that he he has this great power, but he doesn't have. Unlike, say, Sram, he doesn't have to roar and bring down mountains. He can just sort of concentrate, stand there looking all imposing and sinister, and uh, it's really effective. It's quite a nice contrast compared to the other monsters that Zelda has. The woman named Mary was too strong. He's even got black leather gloves. I will send a time probe. Allow your mind to merge with mine, and we may search together. I love how in any other Anderson show, the the slight vagueness of, of Zelda and Tempo's powers would almost seem like a plot hole, but here it's like, you know, we can make it up, almost. You know, things that sort of barely make sense. You know, let's have our minds merge. We shall send a time probe. As, it doesn't make any sense, but on this show, somehow it makes sense that it doesn't make sense. And they're now searching through um through the Terrorhawks network to find a too logical, too clever to find a suitable host for their time warp. Mary was the first subject; she rejected it. A surprising mental strength. That was uh, Space Sergeant One O One. Who was um, being dismissed as a candidate for the time warp? Surprising mental strength, and even this finding—finding someone who can hold a time warp in their mind until they're ready to unleash it—it doesn't make a lick of sense. Um, But it's—it's—it's a very interesting way, a very logical, methodical way they're going about this. The communication system—they've sent their probe in through Spacehawk, and it's now gone down to Hawkness through Spacehawk's communication system does rather beg the question of um you know Zelda and Lord Tempo are now mentally at the White House they have essentially found Hawk Nest which they were always trying to do but uh, the woman we have already tried this week it doesn't matter cursed clone. too strong he would reject, he reject the time war well we're rattling off a list of uh, candidates here people who are strong enough to fight off the Time Warp. Doesn't leave us with many candidates left. Uh, Well, Hawkeye? No, Hawkeye's not in the series anymore by this point. Nobody knows what happened to Hawkeye in the second series, he's just gone. But here we have... Dizweet and, uh, Sergeant Major Zero. You have found a suitable subject. Almost Almost perfect. 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 Arrogant. Arrogant. Stubborn. ...and intellectually much weaker than the rest. That's a brilliant insight into Zero. And I love, I love how strong the characters are in this show. And a description like that really highlights that... ...Tony Barwick not only enjoyed writing for these characters... ...he understood who they were and what made them tick. It's brilliant. Sergeant Major, can you hear what we're saying? A pot of tea right away, Mom. So the time warp has now been successfully installed in Zero's system, and uh, again, it, it's it's creating a humorous situation, has accepted the time which potentially has is going to have devastating consequences for Horkner. unleashed into entire system. I love it when the show is silly, but I also love it when when they can pull off a slightly more serious story like this, because we know what, we know how this could end. (laughs) There goes the wig. We know how this could end. It could end with the destruction of Hawk Nest. It's a genuine prospect at this point. Will they put it off? Will they succeed? Let's find out. Name, zero, rank, Sergeant Major. For space sake. He's answering, but there's a delay. Charlie Smithers. That's all I can think of when I see this. Is is that sketch? Maybe that's maybe that was the report to sick The germ of the story, for all, all we know. It is time, my lord Temple. Unleash your time war. Yeah, Zelda's putting everything on this plan. She's launched the entire fleet. Zero's on the way to sick bay, but he's not gonna make it. And this is a lovely atmospheric moment as well, where the Terrorhawks all seem to be reacting to something that they know is is happening, but they can't. There's nothing there to sort of identify. It's almost like a sort of somebody walked over my grave. Type fire now. and damnation was that. It was like something in my dream. You missed. You are too late, 101. We missed Lieutenant. I just told you that. I said we missed Lieutenant. This is a lovely idea as well when um, the zeroids are such wonderful characters and they're always so useful, but they are machines and for once not for the first time actually, but for, on a, it's a rare occasion where they can be This is Tiger 9 rendered not only useless but essentially a hindrance. Doctor. Zelda's Battlefleet is closing. Doctor, Zelda's Battlefleet is closing. There is little... we can. I love that as well, it it doesn't just extend to the zeroids, it's the radios as well. We're getting that delay on the communications as well. I want a total electronic close down. But Tiger! Computers, memory banks, zeroids, communications, the works. Shut it down. It's our only chance. And I love that a show that's so rooted in the 80s, Comes up with this as a solution to uh, to fix the problem. This is how we deal with computers today. It is just essentially. Hello, IT. Have you tried turning it off and on again? Spacehawk is defenseless. Oh, and Hero looks very, very alone in just that eerie blue lighting of Spacehawk. This is our greatest opportunity to find the stinking hawk nest! And again, we have Lord Tempo just standing, standing beside Zelda just there, just looking. He's not joining in with the laughter. He's just this, this tall, sinister presence with this massive hat. I, I think he's a great character. I really enjoy Lord Tempo. Tiger! I could kiss you. I may hold you to that. 101. If this were my dream, we'd, uh, we'd be doing a lot more than kissing. Now! Now this is maybe a slightly too simplistic way to to end the episode. They must have beaten the time warp. Because sometimes Zelda hatches a plan and it's um, she says it's the greatest plan ever, but it's it's pretty rubbish. This one is, is a very really good plan, and so far it's been executed perfectly. Um. Yeah, it is kind of disappointing to always end with these sort of and one bound they were free and the baddies turn around and go home ending. Go! Take us back in time! (laughs) And be pretty quick about it, eh, Concor? This is a very effective ending as well. We don't see the fleet disappear, we just see Otempo sort of, hold his hand to his head and then suddenly just cut to a star field it's a very Thank God, Lieutenant. dreamlike ending we have been to a slightly dreamlike episode the question is in reality were they ever here? and the music is really setting the uh, the atmosphere well that was Time Warp uh, yeah, I really enjoy that one um, Not just for the fact that it has Lord Tempo in it Who I think is great But a real genuine sense of drama and uneasiness uh, The the opening dream sequence of, of everybody getting killed Is uh, is unsettling The fact that it, it's always unsettling to see characters getting killed in, in the dream episodes, I think But the fact that they seem so oblivious They don't really care And... Yeah, they're just... A really strong central idea may let down by a a slightly weak but not unusually weak for the show kind of ending. And yeah, that was the, um, I think that was the penultimate episode of the show that was made actually. Certainly the final appearance of Lord Tempo in Hawks until uh, oh, I don't know, someone with way too much time on their hands brought him back in the audio series. did don't know who that was.